best way to, to recover what this country could be is to show people what it could be. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. Uh, this is my friend Alfonso Rachel, and I'm Bill Whittle here, cunningly camouflaged against the background in, in the event of a incipient FBI raid. Uh, so um, I had, you know, I've been, been looking at a, a bunch of stuff. There are little tiny pieces of news that connect in a weird way. Here in California, Gavin Newsom said he's going to extend the life of a nuclear power plant for at least a little while longer. And I did a, a, a pretty in-depth look at California's energy uh, history. And it consists of taking, you know, 1,600 megawatt nuclear plant offline and replacing with a 40 megawatt uh, solar plant, things like that. Uh, the the rocket that NASA has commissioned, the STS system, may or may not fly in the next couple of weeks. It is six years and something like, I don't know, $4 billion over budget, and on and on and on and on. And he, here's kind of where I'm going with this. Um, I was talking with Natasha about this, you know, and we're talking about are we going to have rolling blackouts again like we used to here? And and then I remember something my dad told me when um, when we heard about the American uh, SST, the Boeing had uh, built a, a full scale mock up of a of a supersonic transport much bigger than Concorde mm. called the 7777, I think. And then it got canceled because of noise and so on. And I just remember I just remember my dad saying something. He said, you know, you're either you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. You know, you, you, you're never just like holding still. And I guess what I wanted to talk about is kind of what happened. You know, I'm older than you and 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 the future that I not only expected was coming, but that was actually happening throughout the first 10 years of my life. It just suddenly stopped and nobody can explain it. Give you a quick taste of this, right? Just to give you an idea. Um, 2001, A Space Odyssey was released in 68, so they probably wrote the script in 65 or something like that. And they decided that, well, by you know, we want to set this sometime in the future. We'll have a big, massive orbital rotating space station and regular passenger service to and from that and passenger service to and from the moon. We'll have a big underground moon base. How much time will that take us? Let's see. It's 1965. We'll certainly have it by 2001. Um, in the 1970s, they had a show called Space 1999, which was about this permanent moon base. And they figured, yeah, 1999 seems about right. Lost in space, this Jupiter 2 flying saucer took off on its way to Alpha Centauri in 1997 and in Back to the Future. When they did the one into the future, I think it was what, 20 to 2021, 2020, we just passed the anniversary. Mm. So what I'm trying to get at here is that for, for the first third of my life, Things were moving so fast and we're and advancing so quickly. We're so confident of ourselves and, and the future looks so bright, not just technologically, but politically, you know, we're going to beat these Soviets and then and then we'll have a, a free ride. And, and everything just seemed gone to hell. And, and mostly it seems to have gone to hell through self-inflicted wounds that that it's not like we're having rolling blackouts in California because we don't know how to do this. We know how to do it 60 years ago. We just decided not to. And and I have a hard time understanding not only what happened, but but why it happened. All of 
all of this stuff that was looking so promising for the future. My studio here has got all of these um, on the walls, uh, uh, concept art from a guy named Sid Mead, who was working for General Motors in the around 63, 64. And they're all images of this absolutely sleek, clean future. Everybody's everybody's doing well. There are no graffiti on anything. You know, everybody, they're, they're, it just, I know, I know to some degree, obviously it was utopian <laughs> to, to some degree, but things were really headed in that direction. And then, and then they just stopped. And I don't know why, like, I know what happened, but I don't know why it happened. Somewhere in the second half of the sixties, right around 67, 68. And, and you started getting the hippies and, and, and all the drug use and hate Ashbury and stuff. Something went rotten and, and I don't think we've ever recovered from it. And I'd like to get your take on that. Man, I tell you what, you know, we, it's like Disney. What happened to our world of tomorrow, man? Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, Disney, the hell happened to you? What uh, happened you, to you? You know, that's a great example. Disney was, in fact, in fact, sorry to interrupt you, but, but Disney had such a profound effect on me and millions of other kids like me because of these animations that were done by Disney that were commissioned working with Werner von Braun. This is what the first mission to Mars is going to look like. This is what the first man in space is going to look like. Guys like me are going, you know, I'm six or seven. It's like, well, let's see, 2000, we'll be heading to probably be past Jupiter in 2000. I'll be just the right age, you know? And now and now Disney's there to, to give me um, same-sex kisses and, and tell me that, uh, you know, that I'm, that I'm a horrible, horrible person because I was hoping for something different. Ooh, tricky mouse. Uh, but... <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think um, there's such a pursuit. Somehow, you know, a lot of our ideas, you know, pro-science, pro-technology ideas have been so geared towards getting stuff for free. I mean, let me put it like this. Like, say, for instance, you know, you were speaking about, like, you know, nuclear energy and things like that. Um, but when you look at the sun. I was just talking about this with a, a friend uh, the other day, you know, but you're like, they're looking at the sun and they're like, look at what an abundant source of free energy, right? Look at all the wind. There's so much wind and there's so much free energy. And it's like, oh, and they're sold on the idea that this energy is free and everybody can just enjoy it and all that sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, the, the, the resource of it is, itself is free. Converting it into energy and capturing it ain't. Distributing right. it ain't. And because you guys are and so... And it's intermittent. Yes, it, it, right? It's not, it's, you know, it's uh, the, the cool thing it's about... It's not like you go out and gather your electricity for the year, you know? Right. That's got to be a constant, that's got to be a constant flow. And, and hey, if you want that free, there's only one way to make that happen, and that's by slave labor. I thought mm. that you guys yeah. hated that stuff, right? So... It's, it's not like, you know, fossil fuel where, you know, you, you go through the motions. It's, it's not a, it's not as a mini tiered motion to convert it to a, 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 a use for the public. A uh, little bit more simple than what they're trying to do with the uh, wind and solar power and, and wind power ain't going to get you into orbit. Uh, but what we find is that there's going to be a lot more money spent. There's going to be a lot more time and effort trying to make something free. I don't, I don't know if these people really understand that. And those things do subtract from the advances, the progress that they say that we're supposed to be making. So, you know, to, in order to do these things, yeah, they cost. There's a nominal amount of cost that things are going to, you know, they're going to take, you know, and, and that's just something that you have to accept about life. Um, but they think that they could actually do these things for free and it totally upholds the, uh, the progress. It 
totally makes things more expensive. It forces costs onto other people to subsidize these things that they want. You know, it's, it, and they'll, they'll talk about, well, aren't your oil companies and all that sort of stuff, isn't that subsidized too? And in that corporate welfare, it's not really corporate welfare when they're the ones who actually generated money for the system in the first place. And if they want to say, hey, man, can we get some of that money back? <laughs> you know, that's, that's the entirely different thing rather than having like some sort of company that's just fully subsidized that we have to pay for. So these are the kinds of things. And it's, it's covetousness, Bill. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a way to assume the Bible talks about don't pursue fast money. Don't be assuming that you can get things for free or you can just strike it big. These things cost you and they will cost the people around you. And these, you know, and it's, but it's the same kind of, it's kind of bizarre that they would be so against, you know, nuclear energy. Well, I don't want to make this so much about one specific thing is just like, you know, like what happened? Mm. Uh, it's it's almost I, I almost said the country was poisoned, but I think it's actually it was injected with a toxin. Mm-hmm. I mean it. It you know we we did a show a little while ago about you know how how race relations certainly seemed like they were improving. You know they were they were certainly not as acrimonious as they have been made to be. They've been manufactured to be. These energy issues that we have are manufactured issues. The 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 debt and the and the and the corruption. All of it. It's all manufactured. It's all of this is is us nailing ourselves to to our own wall, you know, mm-hmm. and and I, people like me look around and 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 we know that we're supposed to fight it. We know what happens if we don't. We know where these where these paths go. We know where eighty seven thousand armed IRS agents is, is <laughs> intended to go. So we do our best to stop it. But we used to be a place where where this stuff was just automatically optimistic and 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 i could i could like i said i could put a pin in when it started and I, it just all comes down to me to 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 this this there's something about this these marxists and and their plan to use the dispossessed the plan to 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 make marxism happen in america this is the whole frankfurt school critical theory idea it's not coming through the um, economy with the workers. We're going to make it come through the culture with the dispossessed. So turning everybody into victims and everything. It's like we just ended up on the on the worst possible timeline, you know, like like somebody from the future that we were supposed to have went back in time and did something. And now we <laughs> live in this dystopia, you know, and we could we have like this vision, this kind of fading vision of of, of where we should be or, or or could be. And there are times when it just beats me up. I, I was looking at all of this really cool high-tech stuff, you know, like, you know, 20, you know, uh, upcoming personal flying machines, that kind of thing. And I realized we've got the technology, we've got the skill, we've got the engineering power, we've got the, we've got the science, we've got the brains. And, and if you leave us alone, we've also got the heart and the determination. But I think as a society, we've lost the will and, and not just the will to do things like that. We've lost any kind of will to do anything. What is the goal? What is the big objective of, of the Democratic Party today? What is it that they want? What's their perfect world look like? You know, I know what my perfect world looked like. It looked like the 1964 World's Fair is what it looked like. And, and, and everybody was, was, benefiting and everybody's lives were improving dramatically every day. And that was what we called actual progress before the progressives came along. And well, they technically existed before that, but before progressives reared their ugly heads again, you know, progress was, oh yeah, we're going faster, higher, further. And, um, and, 
And when we were talking about this with Natasha, I just once again, I, I said to myself, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow, we could easily start building plants that had um, that were thorium based reactors that have no uh, no ability to melt down. They're extraordinarily benign. They fail safe. If something goes wrong, then they just shut down. We could be growing rice in the San Fernando Valley under two feet of water if we wanted to, because we just pump it out of the ocean, desalinate it and just let it go. And, and that idea is so far away now that just the simple idea of, of being able to maintain air conditioning, you know, is, is looking like a, like a, you know, a receding dream. And, and it's hard for me to escape the sense that, that this is not, what they want for us. The people making this want this. Obviously, they want this. It's why it's happening. I saw something on Instapunnet today where it's like, hey, say, uh, here's a, take a look at the cricket farm, you know? <laughs> this is where most of your food's going to be coming from. Mm -hmm. And I thought, no, no, it's not, not for me. And then I said again to myself, well, what are you going to do about it? Sure, man. And, you know, the thing is to, to get down to, you're asking, like, where did we go wrong? This isn't new. Uh, this is, is it's a, a, a repeating of a cycle. We go through these cycles. Uh, and it's unfortunate in this generation, as I've said before, you know, how we could assume to be so woke, you know, whether people want to mm -hmm. assume themselves as woke or informed or whichever. If that is the case, how are we going? We should know better. How are we going through this again? So this, this is, this dynamic is as old as mankind yep. as it is cycle of civilization no question i mean when we talk about you know the good old days i mean even in the good old days people were lamenting about the good old days you know yeah. it's like you're always gonna be you know it's like people are gonna think about the earlier days that were so much better um you take uh the garden adam and eve had it better than any human could ha have and people you wonder it's like people you know, we talk about like uh, soft times, you know, create soft men or whichever, right? And Adam and Eve, the thing about Adam and Eve, no matter what, they had no excuse because they still knew how this played out, you know? And, and I, I catch a lot of controversy uh, because, you know, people do have like this very traditional view of what the Bible says and the sentiments of what, the, you know, what they've learned. Uh, isolating scripture, not squaring it by the rest. I read the Bible from a biblical point of view. I look at what the whole Bible says. So people struggle with the idea that there was death here before. They think that death is something that happened after the transgression. It's like, no, it did not. Death was already here. Adam was commissioned to name all the animals. He named them because he, he was given the task of examining their behavior. He knew their cycles, their full life cycle. He knew their mating cycles. He knew their eating habits. They were wild beasts. They were given the distinction of wild beast and livestock. So he knew exactly what they were, which means he saw them kill each other. He knew what death was. And the whole point of this is, is so Adam, when I give you my policy, that if you eat from this tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will die. You understand what death is, right? I don't want you to be ignorant about this whole thing. I you, you, you speak English, don't you? Whatever, right? You understand me? So Adam, all that to say, Bill, is that Adam had paradise and he understood what the policy was. He knew what it looked like to see animals torn apart. He's like, now, do you want to be subject to that? Do you want to be under the jaws of death? I don't think so. So don't mess around with what I told you. So here comes the devil and basically accuses God 
of holding out on them, basically stoking their victim mentality, starting with Eve. And then Adam got dragged into that. So pride and insecurity was the thing, were the tools. Like I said, pride and insecurity are two sides of the same coin, right? He stoked their pride and he made them insecure about God in the first place and therefore made them insecure about themselves. And this is a selling point that is still used to this very day, stoking people's pride and stoking their insecurities. So in that, we lost paradise. We had paradise here in America too, relatively compared to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Paradise yep. began in a, in, in a, on a continent where there's a whole lot of chaos. You can just lose it, Par- like paradise loss, as the saying goes, right? Mm-hmm. They started in grace. The whole universe was their whole backyard and they forfeited that. So, and, and once again, just like I said earlier, Bill, they knew better. They had no excuse. We're in a time now to examine, we have, we, we can examine history, man, at the few clicks of a button. Look at how all this stuff plays out. How are we gonna not know better? You know, so to, to answer the question, and even, hey, even before Adam transgressed, even the devil himself in the word describes like, man, Satan, man, you were hooked up beyond anything, man. Yo, you, you had gainful employment, you were decked out, you were, you were beautiful, man, beautiful. But your pride got to you. Yep. You know, it got to you and you, you assume that you could have your own truth and you could do this better. You assume that you, you assume that you could ascend to the recesses of the North and take my throne for what, you know? So was it your insecurities about me that you thought that there was something beyond me? You, 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 you witnessed my creation of you, right? You were, you weren't born a baby. You were born adult to be able to process what happened. Why would you question that? You, you were there to watch me lay the foundations of the universe. I didn't go, who, here's the universe. No, you saw me build it subatomic particle by subatomic particle. You saw me do it. It ain't like you didn't have the time to watch, right? So it's like, how are you going to question that? But your pride and your insecurity got in the way. And we're still doing that today, thinking that we could do something better, trying to fix something that ain't really broken. You know, but we got to tell people that they're broken and this is broken and this person is evil and that's person. That's exactly how the devil did what he did. He, he appeared as a snake, but convinced them that something was more evil than himself. You know? It, yeah, it, it's not even like we've spent the last 40 years trying to fix something that's broken. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, it looks to me like we've been trying to break something that's working. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, that, there's only explanation for it. Mm-hmm. And and you can you can get down to certain things that I think don't generate a lot of argument, but if if we want to talk about that, you you're saying every generation, you know, always thought, well, the, those were the good old days. The thing I'm talking about about the period of time when I was uh, bef- just before I was born and and in the first ten years of my life, when I look at the at the media of that time, that's like the only time I'm ever aware of where that wasn't the case. It was just always just this march of progress, you know. Two years ago we were here, and now we're here, and you know, and we're here, and everything was just like go go go, and. And sitting and talking about it, I realized, well, part of it's not so hard to figure out. The greatest generation, which was in their teens and early 20s in, in 1945, were in the prime of their life in the mid to early 40s in, in 1965. And you mentioned the, the, um, the, the, the problem being pride. 
we always think about that that generation. My dad's generation is being formed by the war, which is true, but they were also formed by the depression, which happened to them when they were kids, kids, you know, 10, 12, that kind of thing. And I think the depression built pounded a kind of humility into that generation that they never completely shook. Certainly the 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 all of the deprivation and, and the and the you know the, the humiliations that most people had to suffer in the depression, followed by this catastrophic world war. Pretty pretty powerful one-two punch. But I'll tell you, and this is the part that's, you know, I don't want to say it's controversial because it seems it seems unassailably true. It's just ugly. It's an ugly truth. And that seems to be that, that we are not built to handle comfort and ease, that we need hardship, that we things like war and hardship make a better society. And and that's a that's not an easy thing to say or think, you know. But the, but the evidence the evidence just is so overwhelming that the further and further we get away from genuine threat to the civilization, the more we start getting hysterical over the little things. And I've talked about this with the amygdala many many times. But I'm actually wondering, you know, is there a way to turn it around? I, I saw. I don't pay any attention to political polls, but I do pay a lot of attention to these betting pools because that's distributed intelligence and, and you know, everybody's got their own money in the game, right? They're not getting paid to return an opinion. And I took a look at it today for the first time in a month or two. When I looked at it last, the, the Republicans' chance of taking the House was, I think it was 87%, 88%, and our chance of taking the Senate was in the low 70s. I looked at it now, our chance of taking the House is 56 60%. Chance of taking the Senate is less than even. Something enormous has happened in the last two or three months. Gas prices have come down a little bit. Okay, you know, and is that what's really going to happen? You know, you're going to give us $7 gas prices and then you're going to knock them down to four and we're going to be grateful and, and, and we're <laughs> going to keep, you know, we're going to keep riding this horse. But but all of this, all of the corruption, all of the, all of the, 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 the elitism, that's, that kind of elitism, that kind of elitism that's infected the FBI, that kind of, we know what's better for the American people than you do. And, mm -hmm. and we, those of us in the government, it's not Republicans and Democrats, that's not, you know, that's a little story we tell to the people outside the Beltway. We all know that inside the Beltway, it's just the, it's the state. Mm -hmm. And, and we all know what's better for those people out there. Their job is to just do what we tell them and keep paying taxes. Uh, that kind of arrogance and elitism is only born of being unexposed to the horrors of either war or civilizational collapse like we had with the depression you know you only the only time you can get to that level of arrogance that godlike level of arrogance that you see in guys like bill gates and and mark zuckerberg and all the rest of this 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 kind of oh yeah i i i've got all this figured out don't worry we'll, none of you will own anything and all of you will be happy we'll take care of everything don't worry you can't you can't have that kind of attitude if you were under fire and you had to depend on the guy who was sitting next to you who was one of those knuckle draggers in flyover country. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that, yeah, it's definitely, um, I mean, we know it's elitism. Uh, and of course, that elitism is definitely going to come with, with pride. The prideful are running everything. Yeah. Um, you know, and... We're just basically becoming, you know, the serfs of the state and how they're able to do. And, and, you know, 
How they're able to do it, we know that they stoke the victim mentality. They stoke people's pride. Uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, even inside of, of Washington, you got these uh, uh, pseudo Republicans and, and genuine Democrats. That's the thing about it. Democrats are going to be who Democrats are. Democrats, yeah. Democrat. These Republicans in there, they're deviants. Right. And so a lot of people out there, they can't tell the difference. And I don't blame them. But it's not because Democrats are acting like Republicans, it's because Republicans are acting like Democrats, you know, yeah. or just going along with them. And these are the things that, you know, we're having to answer to. Um, and is it going to get any better? Like the, that's the question. Right. Um, well, we see these polls and we see these results and stuff like that. I, I don't I don't like to think of myself as a pessimist, but I have I have seen enough to know that Republicans get excited about political victories and don't seem to understand that political victory is only about as stable like, or your political representation is only about as stable as your cultural representation. Yeah, that's it, man. Which Republicans really don't support Absolutely. representation in the culture, not in the ways that are sustainable, if you will. So we, you know, as I said before, you end up having these politicians going there, you know, screeching like eagles, like they're going to handle stuff and they turn out to be jive turkeys. So we've seen that before. We've had majority House and Senate. What do we do with it? You know, what happened? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, my, my hope isn't in things like that. Um, my hopes is not in, in what the polls look like. My hopes is not in how many seats we gain or anything like that. Because it's not like, I don't know if, I don't know if we've got a, if we're foreseeing a super majority. Uh, it may be a majority, but even out of that majority, do we know or if we have the actual rock rib conservatives in there? We don't know. You know, it's yeah. just going to be a gamble. Uh, so I'm not trying to be pessimistic or anything like that. But to get down to the answer of what does it take, um, the more the country has gotten away from the word that tells us how this works, when we believe that it is allegory or we believe that it is just stories, well, like I said, you can't really believe that the consequences are real and the consequences are spelled out in there it, very explicitly. So when you have a lot of people who just believe that there is another answer, leaning on their own understanding, leaning on their own ideas, it's like, look, I'm, I, I never tell anybody, it's like, look, man, pursue uh, advancements in technology, pursue your information, get educated. And I don't mean just uh, uh, learn learn a whole bunch of nonsense. When I talk about educated, make sure that you have a, a, a good sense of discernment and, and a filter about what it is that you are allowing into your mind. And I highly recommend that you have the Bible as a basis before you read anything else, before you let anything get into your head, have a foundation of how you can process it. Have a filter about what you are letting in and what people are saying to you and what you see. Because if you don't, you and then you go back and you look at, oh, snap, the Bible warned about this. And here we are. Right. And it's yeah. like, you know, and, and it's funny because people will say, well, I don't want to I don't want to trust some book that was written by man. You're reading a whole bunch of other stuff that's written by man. But you'll believe that, you know, you believe your own thoughts. Your, aren't your thoughts man made too, or woman made or whichever. But the Bible is disqualifiable because it's man made. It's man recorded. It's not man made. You know, it's, 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 it's God holy writ. And he's the one who's seen this whole thing from beginning to end and can tell us. It's like, look, man, you might not want to do that. <laughs> it's, 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 it's right there. But, you know, do you but understand that there's consequences to this. Yeah, we used to we were obviously up until the 60s 
uh, a, a infinitely more religious society. And I think your point is really well taken. It's 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 an absolute, not only a waste of time, but just a, a just a catastrophe to assume that that if you want to uh, progress and, and genuinely progress, that you got to worry about the technology and the engineering. You got to if you don't have your spiritual and moral health then it doesn't matter what mm -hmm. technical wizardry you can come up with. They're just going to misapply it or don't apply it or whatever. And that certainly seems to be the the boat we're in today. Uh, just to wrap this up, you know, we did a right angle this week. And Scott asked the question, what does victory look like? If, you got, if, if conservatives got everything they wanted, what would victory look like? And just before he tossed me the question, he said, uh, so do you have any ideas or, 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 or basically is your idea of victory America without those people? <laughs> And I, and I thought, no, that's exactly what my idea of victory is. You know, to be perfectly honest with you, it is. It's, it's, vic it's America without those people. Um, rest never sleeps. You've got to be constantly fighting. You've got to constantly mm. be fighting entropy. But coming down to what you said about the, the culture again and again, we come back to this. The votes that happen are cast by the people who do the voting, or if you want to be as cynical as you can be today, and certainly I'm rapidly approaching that, or by the people that count the votes. So the good news is, is that having studied this problem in depth for 15 years, so much of this stuff seems inevitable and, and, um, and unrepairable, but at the same time, that works both ways. I think that you cannot beat the biology out of people. So biologically, if we're exposed to nothing but comfort, they did an experiment with mouses, with mouses and with mice. Uh, and and I don't remember the details, but something something to the effect of they gave a a, a, a group of mice, you know, I don't know what the number was, twenty or thirty or something. They gave them mice paradise, right? Mm. They gave them all the room they wanted. They had all the food they wanted, and the first generation of mice go into this environment that we created as an experiment. They start digging their own holes. They start making their own little warrens. This is my place. That's your place. Everybody's happy. And then they start breeding and they start breeding. And after four or five generations, they're not breeding anymore. The male mice aren't aren't interested in the female mice. Mm -hmm. Everybody's fighting over everything. There's lots more, you know, a lot more murder and blood and 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 and, and then it just finally just turns to soup. Mm. Yeah. So the reason that that we did the animation project that we did is to is to get to this the science fiction idea of the colonies, which I keep saying is America 250 years in the future. But basically, I hadn't realized it until Scott said it. What what we're trying to do with that is we're trying to put out there in the same way that Star Trek and Star Wars utterly changed the cultures. I'm trying to put out there a science fiction series whose main goal is to show people what America could be like without those people. <laughs> Right. That's why they leave. They're leaving them behind. That's why America was so exceptional in the first place. All of the people with ambition and, and, and courage and, and, and willing to work hard, they left their villages, got on a boat to someplace they'd never seen, no idea what that was going to be like, you know? And, and so what, what happened in the history of America was we became a people who decided to try living without those people. Mm. And, Nobody wants to look backwards. No one's interested in history. You got to put it forward. You got to have flash and you got to have lasers and you know, spaceships and all that other stuff. Because to tie this thing in a complete circle, the future, despite how dystopian it's being portrayed in many ways, is still the is still the playground of the imagination. Mm. It's where it's where our desires 
put themselves. We can't do anything about the past. There's precious little we can do about the present, but we can always imagine a future that we'd like to live in. And I think the best way to, to recover what this country could be is to show people what it could be. Show them, you know, what what life could be like if you take those people out of the mix and you just leave us alone to cooperate and work hard and succeed and be happy. Uh, that's basically what we're trying to do. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of The Virtue Signal, made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com. Bless you, everyone. Uh, and thank you very much for the support. For my friend Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time here on The Virtue Signal.